Welcome to Global Citizen Life. Today on the podcast, we have RJ Isaac. Now, RJ moved in June of 2022. He sold nearly all of his possessions except for what they could fit in a suitcase and moved with his wife and three sons, all under the age of eight, to beautiful Montenegro. And he did this with no connections, no income, and just a crazy hope that he could save his sons. So welcome to the show, RJ. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I do want to make one point of clarification with that. My wife yeah. is over the age of eight. So if anybody was confused about that point, I, I figured I'd just clarify that quickly. No problem at all. That's, that's <laughs> all right. And so... Um, in in your in your 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 bio there, you you said in hopes to save your sons. What did you mm-hmm. mean by that? Yeah, so uh, I have three sons, um, and the oldest two. So they are now, oh man. They keep changing this every year. So I mean, so I got to think about it now. Uh, <laughs> because uh, nine and my, um, and then the other one's about to turn seven, and they're both autistic. And this has been a a massive challenge that my wife and I were dealing with. And we learned a lot, I mean, about the challenges that parents with special needs face. And one of the big challenges is that you can't have both people working. And this is probably one of the biggest holdups you have. In the United States, everyone pretty much needs to have two incomes to be able to survive at this point. And this was even before a lot of the increases in inflation that have happened more recently. And so it was always a struggle for us um, financially and as well as just emotionally. We were, we were driving, I mean, I personally was actually at a point where I was driving 100 miles every single day, spending about six hours in the car, just moving, you know, one kid from one place to another place, making sure my wife was at work. I, it was a, wow. a, a, a just a terrible, terrible existence that we were, we were having. Um, and it just, and on top of that, the weather there, we were in South Dakota and the weather in South Dakota is not good. Um, there's basically about six good days out of a year or so, um, but it's very humid and or rainy and or hot in the summer. And of course, the winters are extremely cold, you know, getting down um, to, well, I guess, negative. I have to switch it from Fahrenheit now because I'm used to that. Uh, but about negative 30s, I guess, is what it would come out to be somewhere around there, negative 20s um, in Celsius, that is. And so, yeah, it was just, it was, it was really tough. My kids were not thriving in this environment. Um, one of the big challenges that we had is we are always putting them into like therapy. They're doing um, five hours of therapy every day during the week. Um, and we get them on the weekends and like, we don't know these people. Um, we, we just like, it, it was just this, it was a big burden to like, what are, what are we supposed to do to just keep them entertained during the week? And this is where a lot of, or sorry, on the weekend. And this was where a lot of the, the, the challenges of just being able to to live and enjoy life um, was really coming from, and um, what, and we also had a very strong suspicion that the the lack of weather was a really was going to be a big issue. And so, um, for a lot of these reasons, we wanted to try and see if we can change the environment for our kids and really improve that and and help them that way. And we did mm-hmm. look at some places around the United States. But pretty much anywhere that would be able to get them into a better environment as far as the weather and the climate, all these things go, and the cost of living was going to be significantly higher that we just couldn't afford to get there. And so 
that's when we started looking outside of the country. And so how did you find out about Montenegro? Because a lot of people, when I, I talk to them so far, listeners who don't know, I also live part-time in Montenegro. And most times when I mention Montenegro and I say, oh, I'm from Canada, but I live in Montenegro, I usually get, mm-hmm. oh, Montreal. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, Monaco. And it's like, no, no, yes. no. Montenegro, tiny little country. So how did, how did you find out about it or hear about it? Um, it's, it's funny to say, I, I'll get a lot of people telling me what country is that in, um, which is, is the number one, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, actually I, f- I found this is where a lot of people have actually heard about the country and that's from Nomad Capitalists. I saw a video at one point, um, from them and mm-hmm. it was just, there was something about the, just seeing the country that just really, uh, struck a chord with me and sorry, I got to sneeze here. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Um, but yeah, just seeing, <laughs> seeing the the nature and, and just the, the beauty of the country and just, it's like, mm-hmm. it made me realize that there is, that, that you could just live in a beautiful place. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of the challenges uh, that I had with, with America in general, and I know Canada runs into a lot of same problems, is the cities aren't generally beautiful cities. You have so much road. You have these massive parking places that you're observing it from a car going at you know 30 or 60 miles an hour, depending on where you are in the town. And it things are going so fast. And the part of the town we lived in, there was a, a, a downtown area. And one of my the things my wife and I love to do is what love to take our kids there and just just walk downtown because it's just a pleasant, enjoyable place to walk. And when I started seeing just pictures from Montenegro. I started thinking that that actually looks like a, an enjoyable place where you can live on a human scale, where you don't need a car to get around as much, and you can just ha- have a, a more relaxing and just a more pleasurable existence. Is the best way I could put it. It's it's true. It definitely is um, a lot more laid back. Um, I don't have a car here in Montenegro. There are definitely conveniences to it, um, but for the amount of time that I spent here, I'm, I'm back and forth quite a bit between Montenegro and Barcelona. So I get a, a bit of a mix of the big busy city in Barcelona and, and doing that. And then when I come to Montenegro, it's more laid back, more quiet. So I kind of have the I say best of both worlds in, in that mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, yeah, in both places too, just very much very walkable cost of living. Um, definitely a lot less. Barcelona housing is not cheap. That's that is one kind of downfall with Barcelona. The housing is is not cheap there. But um, definitely other things are and the weather. It's you know it's it's great to be outside today. I we were I was as I was saying earlier before we started recording. I was outside today and I think um, right now it's what according to my computer it's twelve degrees Celsius right now. And mm-hmm. I mean that's it's probably in Canada. Who knows? It could be minus 10. It could be minus 30 right now. I, I don't know, but it's definitely a lot warmer here and nicer here. And in this part where I'm at, and I think you're similar that we don't get the snow here, but for people who do mm. like snow, parts of Montenegro does get snow. There's the mountains, there's a ski hill um, as well. That's pretty popular here. So there, there is a little bit for both, but definitely I think the cost of living is substantially lower here than it is in North America. Oh, definitely. Um, and and this, I actually work in the property management industry. And so okay. I see what rent rates are from, from places across the United States. And 
it's it is just shocking about like how much a just a, a studio apartment would cost. Um, I'll give even very specific numbers. We live in a um, it's it's an older building, and there's some some we'll say character issues that a lot of Americans would be appalled by. I will add that, and I'll get to those in a moment. But for our place we live in, we have basically two bedrooms, and I have a small where I'm right now is a it's my office, but it's kind of like a very small bedroom, like a it would be about the size of a walk-in closet in the United States. Um, but yes. for for our rent here, we're paying um, 450 euros, and so in U.S. dollars, that's probably around 480 dollars a month. If we were to, uh, at some most of the places I'd be looking at that are have at least some job opportunities, or not not even big cities. We're not talking Los Angeles. We're talking, you know, places like Des Moines, Iowa, you know, or, or even smaller than that. Uh, these are those places are going to be running about a thousand dollars to start for a studio apartment, and so th just the, the difference in cost of living uh, for on the rent basis is just. It, it is absolutely massive. And now I did mention that there are some character issues. Um, one of the big things, and we didn't actually know this before we started renting here, is we only have hot water in the shower. So our kitchen sink doesn't have hot water oh. and our bathroom sink doesn't have hot water. Um, so that, that's been a, that, that was a bit of a surprise to say like, oh yeah, it's mm -hmm. only hot water in the shower. But um, that's, that's, that's probably the biggest one, but other than that, yeah, like the our our neighbors are great, and we're in a, you know, in a we like the location we're at. We have great, we have nice terrace in the back where we can look at the mountains, and there's horses in a, in this field right behind us, and we have chickens that look out on the other side, so great views. It's just it's just a great place to live, and again, I can't argue with the cost of living here. Right, right, and. How do things work with schooling now for, for your boys? Um, how is that process? Because my my daughter's an adult, so I, I don't really know much about the school systems here in Montenegro and, and how they work. Yeah, so uh, schooling for us is a bit different uh, because, again, the older two are autistic and they like my they are mostly nonverbal. Um, so like I've I can't have a conversation with either my um the older two of my sons. Um they they have grown a lot in their speech since moving here, but they're still not able to have a conversation or not able to understand these things. Um and but but my youngest, who just turned five, um, he goes to a private kindergarten here that's um uh that that's run by some 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 nuns. So it's a it's a it's a Catholic um uh, it's a Catholic kindergarten is what it is. And uh, he will be, he's going to be able to go there for one more year. Um, after that, we have to figure out again, where we want to put him in school. Um, our plan for that is we are looking to relocate to either Herzegnovi or Tivat at that point. So that way we can put him into a private school in one of those places. Um, and we'll just have to, again, explore the options and see how that's going to work out. Um, for our, but yeah, for our two autistic kids, my wife is effectively homeschooling them and, and teaching them. Um, it's a little bit of a, um, what's, how do I say it? Like officially, like you're not supposed to be homeschooling kids in, in Montenegro. And there's some ways you can get around that. Um, like you can register. So we actually have an address, our, our legal address in the United States is in Florida. And so we can go and register with the school in Florida and do 
remote schooling there. Um, but mm -hmm. the challenge is also with our kids, our, our oldest two kids being autistic, they're not going to be able to go into the public school, so they're not going to want to take them. And trying to do the remote schooling is also not going to work. So we don't really have a, a, a an official option. And so far, no one's asked us, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, can you prove that they're in school? So yeah, my wife has just been homeschooling them for now. Okay. Well, I've, um, my, my nail technician who, who, who does my nails, um, she's got two girls and I found it interesting, uh, the last time when I spoke with her because I was like, well, it's like, I can't remember what time it was. It was the middle of the day though, mid kind of afternoon. And I'm like, why is today a holiday? Why aren't your kids in school? And, and she was saying that I think they're nine and 11. And so the nine-year-old goes from seven 30 to 11 30. Mm -hmm. And then the 11 year old goes, I think 12 or 1230 until four or something like they go to school for four hours a day. One is mm -hmm. in the morning, one is in the afternoon. And that's, that's normal time here. Cause I before I was thinking, why are the kids are always out or they're never in school, but they only go for kind of what we would consider a half day um, morning or afternoon. And I think that's very interesting and has its own set of challenges as well, especially you know, for working parents and, and things to, um, to just have that. So I thought that was a bit interesting, but that's all I really know about the school systems here. Well, I actually, and, and my, my wife, I might, I might be misquoting some of this here, but I, I think my wife was saying there's actually three shifts. And so there's a, a one as a morning, oh. there's a, a midday one, and there's actually one that goes until I think 7 PM at night. And, okay. um, and and I, I that could be wrong about that. I don't have firsthand experience with that. Um, she, my wife is actually from Kazakhstan, and that's the way school is there as well. And so okay. it's not too mm -hmm. uncommon this side of the world. Um, mm -hmm. And you also don't get to pick which shift you are. So it's, it's kind of just the luck of the draw if you're going to be in the morning or you're going to be the, the evening one. So uh, one thing I want to add about, though, and this is one of the things that also really attracted me to Montenegro, is I, I came here and visited the country in in. Uh, 2021. And so I got to be able to experience it. And one of the big things I noticed was just the attitude towards kids. And this has been something that just has really impressed me with the country. And so when kids are done with school, I mean, I will see kids probably six years old, just walking on their own as people would have done back in like the sixties in the United States without a problem that, you know, you'd be, you wouldn't be allowed to do that nowadays. But yeah, kids are just, you know, walking on their own, crossing streets, going from home to school, going to hang out with friends. Uh, there was a that there was a neighbor kid that we used to uh, live nearby that he, I think he was seven. And yeah, basically his mom would be working out the whole day and we would just see him all around town. He would just be playing out with friends, going down to the beach, playing basketball in another place, seeing him in another playground. He was just very independent. And the, the country is so safe that yes. that's never that's not even a concern especially when it comes to kids um people take the safety of kids extremely seriously here and that the the safety of kids is is absolutely paramount and uh, there's again there's always a small danger like anywhere you get it's not 100 but we're talking mm -hmm. like 99.99 safety levels here and that is that is something i absolutely love here but even on, on that, just the, the way kids are treated, um, 
one of, one of the things I'll, I'll run into when I, when I was in the United States, I would be walking around with three kids and I'd run into people and then, oh, well, are all these yours? And I'd say, yes, they're all, they're all my boys. Like, oh man, you must be so tired. You must be exhausted. Oh, that must be so hard. You know, just these very negative attitudes towards it. When I go around here and men ask, specifically men even, when they ask me, are these all your kids? And I say, oh yeah, they're all my boys. They're like, oh, you are so lucky. Oh, that is, that's incredible. You're so, you're so blessed. And just that positive attitude towards having kids is so refreshing uh, because I, I love being a dad. It's one of the things I think I'm really good at. And my wife has told me actually just yesterday, like, you're really good at being a dad. And so I, I take a lot of pride in that. And so when I'd be going yes. around the United States and people are saying, you know, oh, it's supposed to be so hard. And it's just like, no, it's not. Like, I, I can manage this. Like, I love my kids. This is just, you know, I have to adapt to things and, and work around. And again, my kids are special needs. And so there's additional challenges there. But I, I do love my kids and be able to have that reaffirmed here. Um, but mm -hmm. even things like, you know, in the United States, you are, there's, I used to work in a retail job and mm -hmm. there was this one kid, probably about four years old, that was climbing on a chair that was, you know, a very a tall, like a bar level chair that would spin around. It's like, okay, this kid's going to fall down. And I'd be like standing nearby, like, I don't want to touch the kid because if I touch the kid, that is an absolute big no, you can't do that in the United States. Um, and so, so I'm just like, hey, um, parent, where's the parent? Are you paying attention? Your kid is here. I don't want them to fall down. And, you know, the parents are like, oh, no, they'll be fine. It's like, yeah, but they're not. That's on us. So, um, yeah, it was just just the attitude toward kids is like, you know, you can't touch a kid that is does not belong to you. And here, and again, I'm, this might be, there's a bit of, a little bit of a culture shock here just to, to, because it's so unusual in the United States. But, you know, when people will see our kids, they just kind of smile and like, we'll pat them on the head and stuff. And there was even a point where um, a, we were walking from our apartment to a, a, a grocery store and one of my kids went and just started walking next to this other woman and just took her hand and she was there walking with her, him hand in hand. And she looked back like just to see like, you know, and, and we just smile like, yeah, it's fine. And she was happy because, you know, here she gets to walk with this kid. It's something that's just a, a, a pleasant thing to do. And then he like finally mm -hmm. noticed that, oh, wait, you're not my mom. I'm not your mom. <laughs> and I went back. But it, it is just such a, it is such a natural thing that people just have this, uh, a, just appreciation of, of children and mm. that is that is something that's really sold me on the country it is it's you know and it, it reminds me of like when I grew up you know it was mm -hmm. if we were out doing something like the neighbor could give us heck or the yeah. person who lived down the street if I was doing something wrong they could like you know yell at me or I'd get in trouble then I know I'd be even more trouble because the neighbor gave me trouble or the person down the street mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's really changed a lot um, within North America, I think Canada as well, um, that, yeah, it's like, they're not your kid, mind your own business. And it's like, but I mean, it takes a village to raise children and people. And I think that's part of the reason why we have people the way they are right now. And there's a lot of um, not, I don't want to say not good, but very unhappy and a lot of problems in North America. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's unfortunate, but that's one thing I do like about Montenegro, even though I'm not in those years of having small kids, but I see them running around and playing and, and, and I love it. Like when I leave my building, often I see them playing on the street with a ball, playing soccer. And, um, I think it's great because they're not inside playing video games or in their house. It's, it's Absolutely. outside Sundays. Everything is closed on Sundays. Um, 
which took a bit of getting used to because it's like, oh, if I need groceries, it's like, got to go Saturday, but I don't like to go Saturday because it's so busy because everything is closed Sunday. But it's great because Sunday's families will be out. They'll be at the beach. They'll be going for walks. Like when the weather's nice, even, I mean, the weather's still pretty reasonably nice now, but if it's a sunny day, families are doing things together and everybody's doing stuff outside, um, mm -hmm. which is, I think it's really a great, great thing. And that that is a big thing about Montenegro. It seems to be quite family orientated and um, it is one of the things that I, I do like about it and just being outdoors. And I think the weather obviously plays, plays part of that as well, because, you know, back, back in North America, when it's minus 20, minus 30, whatever, even minus anything, it's, it's not fun. There's, it limits the amount of things that we can do. Well, there's, I, there, I do think it's not just a weather, like, um, if you if you go to places like Finland where and and Sweden where it's really cold, people are still going out in the winter, and so I I, I think it's a, a big aspect of this car dependency in North America, but aside that point, but mm. it is absolutely true that like we were out to the promenade yesterday, you know, just looking at the waves coming in, and again it's December, for a December day it was it was a very pleasant day it wasn't it wasn't warm. But it also wasn't hot. The sun was out, but it wasn't raining. And the promenade was just, it was busy. Like there were tons of people there. And you have all these, you know, cafes. Like we're in 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 South Dakota, it, it is a rare situation, a rare opportunity if you can actually eat outside. Most restaurants in mm -hmm. South Dakota do not have outdoor eating. Probably the some exceptions are, well. There will be, I guess, there's what I'm thinking about more is a few more exceptions, but people just don't use it. Um, but here, like we majority of the time, winter through summer, we are eating outside on on the patio, and it just it's it. I feel more in touch with nature, like we're part of this more of a of a some like ecosystem that's in harmony, like. Um, one of the things that's, that also can be a bit alarming to people if they first come here, and I don't know how it is um, where you're at, but um, here in Bar, there are a lot of stray dogs. Um, they're, they're everywhere. And people know the stray dogs. Like, they understand, like, oh, this dog is one that chases bicycles, and and, and this one's the one that hangs out over there, and, and these are um, that one that just got injured because someone hit it by a car. Like, they, people know the dogs, too. But they also, they... They accept that the dogs are just there. They're there. They're part of the, the the culture. They will just lay out on the sidewalk. People walk around them. They'll put little water bowls out for them. And you'll be in a restaurant. And there's, I was making a joke. We were at this uh, this restaurant we went to, my, my wife and I. And there's the outdoor patio. And there's a covered patio. And then they have like an indoor area. But we went to the, the covered patio. And there was a dog waiting up there. And the dog was uh, colored black and white. And so I was like, oh, look, this is a Mater D. And a dog actually walked us to our table <laughs> and just was waiting by us. <laughs> and, and again, this is inside like a covered area. So, but this was just completely normal. Nobody had any problems with the dog just walking through there. And, uh, but but because of that, it also feels like, again, there's just more of a harmony with, with you know, the way we live, you know, things are, it's not a matter of like, okay, let's just put pavement everywhere and try and, going back to the United States, I would literally wake up in a climate controlled house, go out into the garage, hop into my climate controlled car, drive to work, 
And when I got to work, I would quickly run because I don't want to be exposed to the climate and the, and, the, and to back into my climate controlled office and I'd stay in my climate controlled office, you know, until five o'clock and then quickly hurry back into the car. I don't want to be exposed to the environment anymore, but I need to be. And it just wasn't a healthy thing. And and here it's like, I, another big aspect to trying to illustrate this idea is I I notice how the sun move is, moves. And so like, I'll, I'll look and like, oh wait, the sun used to be over at this spot and now it's over here. And I'm so much more aware about the positioning of the sun. Whereas again, back in the United States, I I wasn't really aware of that. I don't become aware of that during um, daylight savings time in the beginning because that would affect my drive to work. But uh, by and large, it just it, it I just wasn't aware about how much the sun moved. And this feeling of just harmony with nature and things, it's just a, it's a pleasant feeling that, that I love about Montenegro. It, it really is. And I like, like I'm a 10 minute walk, probably under 10 minutes. And I'd be walking really slow for me to, to get to the beach in 10 mm -hmm. minutes. And then when I'm walking home um, in Budva, the town is surrounded by mountains. And so mm -hmm. I'm either going towards the beach or surrounded with the view of the mountains and it's beautiful. We don't have as many stray dogs here, but we have cats. And mm, it's yeah. very similar that people know the cats. People go out and they feed the cats. Like you'll see piles of food and water and dishes and things like that. And everybody, they they take care of it. And at first I thought it was strange. And you'll notice some that will have like a little kind of cut on the top of their ear. And those ones have been spayed or neutered because every now and then they'll, they'll wrap and gather them up and spade and neuter a bunch of them to try to control the population. Um, but they're, yeah. yeah, they're part of the community and they are taken care of and people like them. And they say it's great because it keeps mice and other things away because they they chase them and they don't see rats or mice or anything anywhere. And yeah, it's just, they're, they're part of the community. So not so much dogs though, occasionally, mm -hmm. but dogs are generally... If, if they are around, they're, they're pets and, and people do have them as pets, but we, we have a lot of stray, stray cats here, but they're, yeah, they're part of the community. And uh, it's, it's at first I thought, oh my gosh, there's so many. And then I realized how many people would be feeding them regularly. And, and they know, oh yeah, this cat is this and this is that, and this one doesn't get along with that one. And it's quite interesting. And, and they have absolutely no aggression too. Like the dogs are <laughs> incredibly docile and like I've even done it where I had a bit of like a, a scrap piece of meat from a meal. I'm like, I'm going to just go feed it to the dog and I'll put it in front of the dog and the dog just looks at it like, yeah, I'll get to it later. And just going back to my nap because <laughs> they're just so well fed. They're, they're not yeah. suffering by any means. So. No, no, they, they definitely are, are well taken care of. And, and for some people though, that would be an adjustment, like to see a dog go into a restaurant in North America. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That would never happen. Like that's awful here. That's like, Oh yeah. And some of them, even the other day we were, I was out having coffee with a friend and there was a dog. He wasn't, I don't know where the owner was, but he had a collar and things. So we, we knew he wasn't really a stray and, you know, would kind of get some attention from us and then would sit at the front of the door of the cafe and kind of look around. Didn't, this one didn't go inside um, and then left. And then he came back and then he went inside the door a little bit and it's like, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just, it's such a laid back way of living. That's really enjoyable. Yeah, it's um I, I really like it. It's it's definitely very different um from from North America. What have been some of maybe the the challenges or or maybe some setbacks or negative things that uh that you've kind of experienced with maybe just part of the transition or maybe um 
I don't know how it works for you for, for residency or, or what you're doing on, on that aspect for your move here. Uh, it's, just, it's a good question. Um, so when we, here in Bar, when we first moved here, we didn't have a car um, and we thought that was going to work out well. Uh, but Bar, you really kind of didn't need a car. Um, we tried walking and then we ended up uh, starting to take taxis more regularly. And finally, we just went and bought a car. Um, the whole process of buying a car is also kind of an interesting experience uh, because you would get you get a um, what is it a you get a power of attorney is generally how it's done. So basically, if the car's registration doesn't expire for another nine months, you would just get the power of attorney to be able to have the car and drive the car around and do whatever you want to do with the car, and and it's everyone treats it as if it's yours, but technically it's not. So again, big difference in the culture there. Um, it's, it's going more uh, um, about uh, bar specifically. Um, bar is probably, especially for the coastal cities, is probably the most Yugoslavian of the coastal cities. And that's not just regards to like the architecture and the way the city is built, but also to how just some of the attitudes seem more post-communist than more mostly European, um, if that would make sense. Uh, so that's been yeah. a bit of adjustment. Um, dealing with, especially dealing with the um, the local municipal office uh, is in bar is an absolute nightmare. Um, we're actually registered in TVOTS because it is okay. actually easier and you can like I'll, I'll give an example that like there was a point last year where this would be uh 2022 not yeah 2022 uh where people would start waiting in line to be able to get into the municipal office at 11 o'clock at night the day before and they would spend the night in waiting in line in order to be able to actually get in and you know, do their work. Uh, I had some friends that had to spend multiple days in line because they just, the, the offices close at two o'clock. And if you, if you're not in, you're not in. And there's so many people trying to get in that it was, it was mayhem. Um, there's also, also the, again, this is more specific to bar, uh, but the, the, the way that the laws are interpreted are going to be different from one upstina or one region to another. And mm -hmm. the way that the laws are, are interpreted in bar um, are very strict. A good example of this, if you want to um, reapply for your temporary residency, which you have to do every single year, you need to have an apostled birth certificate for each of the kids, which has to be a current one. So we have to give a new apostled birth certificate from the United States each year. Um, whereas and if we go to TBOT, we don't have to do that. And so... Driving up to Tibot, which um, is about two to three hours in the summer because of all the traffic, um, is still faster and more efficient and easier to work with than trying to do it here in Bar. Um, so I, I generally wouldn't actually recommend, and I'll also add one more thing. The reason why we initially came here um, was because Bar was had some lower rental prices. I think it's stabilizing a bit. Um, we're having a lot of the Russians and the Ukrainians moving to Serbia. Um, so the rental rates are are stabilizing, but uh, Bar specifically was a big place where a lot of Russians, a lot of Ukrainians came. 
And so the rent rates actually end up not being as affordable. We would have been better off going to Herzog Novi, um, where it's probably another place where there's a lot of expats and it's also um, one of the more affordable places to live. Um, so just there, there's a lot of things to consider if you're picking a place to come to in Montenegro. Um, just, you know, what Opstina or again, which municipal office you're going to be working with is something. Um, if you're asking about what's the policy for this thing, you want to be very specific about asking the specific Opstina, um, again, a specific place you're going to be living because the information someone's going to give you from, from Bar or Tiva or or Budva is going to be different. Right. And you just, you, so you just got to be aware of that. It's, it's a different way of working with things. Um, mm -hmm. It's, uh, so, so those uh, one of the other challenges we ran into was trying to figure out how to get cash, um, and yeah. basically, so I'll, I'll basically get cash affordably is probably a better way of putting it. Um, and we, for <laughs> up until very recently, there's the um, Air, we found the Airsta Bank. You can get uh, cash from the ATM, yes. and they wouldn't charge any fees, and now they're charging fees. So right, they're not. Oh, because I took some out just like a couple of weeks ago and I wasn't being charged fees. Yeah, it was like a week or two ago that they started charging fees. So, okay. Yeah. yeah all all the other is. banks did. They were like the only ones that didn't charge fees. Yep. So, I was and that, really that is also that. A, bit, a bit, yeah, that's also a bit of a challenge to, um, for like business owners and and things like who work online, transferring money and getting money into Montenegro, um, into a Montenegrin bank account um, has more challenges. Um, I do have an Airste account. I don't use it often because I have Wise. And so I use Wise yeah. and I have N26 from living in Spain. So I've got numerous bank accounts. Um, yeah. But for some people, they you need to be aware that it's it is harder moving money in and out of Montenegro than and like out of other European countries. Yeah. So to, in, the way I do it right now is I have um, a bank account I had from back when I was in South Dakota. And mm -hmm. I also have Wise. Um, I prefer to use Wise. Uh, the, car, the debit card I have from South Dakota um, that has a 1% fee on top of everything. So it's not terrible, but you know, hey, it's one percent more than I would have to spend. So Wise works better for that, um, right? But if I need, if I need to, uh, the challenge with Wise, Wise charges actually kind of high fees uh, for ATM. So you would have the five dollars yes. on the ATM, and then you'd have additional Wise fees um, for anything over a hundred dollars each month. And so I use my South. I basically get my all my pay for my clients into my. Uh, my account in, in the US. And then from there, if I need, when I need to get cash, um, I go to the ATM and take it out from there. Um, and as far as like how I have the residency, uh, we have a zero business, um, which as you, I'm sure you know about for, for the sake of the audience, uh, zero business where it's, it's a, it's a company that I just established. It doesn't do anything. Each month I go to my accountant they give me a contract where I loan the company the salary for my myself um, and just for the way we have it set up, my wife as well, and um, as well as the taxes. And basically, I just put the money into the account, pay myself the salary, and um, a director of the company, and I'm able to go and stay here. Um, I do plan on actually opening up a um, actual real business here um, in the next year. Uh, so 
I'll probably might have to change some things around. But as far as right now and how we got started, um, that's what we did. And that also gives us, uh, there's basically two ways people tend to get residency here. Um, there's by buying a property and by opening up a, a business account, or sorry, opening up a, a company, I should say, opening up a company or um, buying real estate. If you buy a company, you have a little bit more flexibility about your ability to leave the country and come back. Um, and you also get, uh, it's called a green book. It's a little book that allows you to use the public health care. Um, not that I would recommend that, but it's a good option to have if you absolutely need it. Um, otherwise, right. go to go to the private clinics. They, especially compared to to the U.S., I, I talked to a lot of Canadian some Canadians that talk about the expenses of how expensive U.S. healthcare is, and don't believe me. But yeah, it's so much cheaper, so much cheaper to go private mm. here than the U.S. Um, actually, I'll, I'll even give you a good example of that. There was a prescription I was having. I was probably spending about two hundred dollars a month on prescriptions in the U.S., and right now it's fifteen dollars. So. Uh, yeah, just night and day difference. Absolutely. It is completely different. And and it is true to for people um, that more flexibility with the business. And that's how a lot of people kind of get that residency or start out with. Um, and some people will keep it for for many years um, that I've talked to. Some some it's just they're they're only they only plan on being here for a year or two years and, and they get that. Um, and there definitely is a lot more flexibility. I believe. Um, and I don't know, you know, like rules change and things like that, but I believe so when you have your residency through the corporation, having a company, even if it's just kind of like what you're doing, most people call it like a shell company. So there's not really business going on there, but you're the way that you're doing it, you can come and go as much as you want, but when you own property and you're using that, you have to be here for 10 months out of the year. So uh, that, that's uh, my understanding from about a year ago is what somebody was telling me when I was looking at different options of how were things were working here. Yeah, I I think for a for if you own property, it's actually eleven months. Um, and but so yeah, basically you can you can be gone out of the country for one month for, or thirty days. If you mm -hmm. want to be out of the country for more than that, you have to notify the authorities that you'll be gone for up to three months. But you can't be gone for more than three months. And there's also if you're working towards um, permanent residency, which in the case of my family, we are doing that, um, then you there's limits about how much time you can be out for the course of the whole five years uh, as mm -hmm. well. So it, it's, yeah, it, it, it will be more expensive. I mean, at least when you buy real estate, you have the asset there. Um, in my case, um, I have to pay $100 to the attorney or to, to the accountants. And then my taxes are like, 117 so it's about 217 euros um each month roughly um to to be able to maintain that so right. it is an additional cost to that um mm -hmm. but again if you don't have the if you don't have the big lump sum to buy in a real estate and you want to have that flexibility it's worth it but i think right. also if you're planning on staying here there is a newer um nomad visa option that mm -hmm. will allow you to stay up to five years but you Basically, that it will not. You're not working towards permanent residency, right? So, Most nomad visas don't allow that. It's yeah, it's completely different um, rules for that, and and that's good to mention so that people are aware. You know, you want to think about um, kind of what's the long term goal. 
right? If, yeah. if, it, if this is only temporary and people are talking like, oh, I want to spend, you know, a couple of years in this country, a couple of years in that country. Great. You, you know, you look at those options, but for those who are thinking more kind of long-term going that digital nomad visa, which is usually easier to get, but it's not good for long-term if, if you want to get um, permanent residency anywhere or citizenship anywhere, um, that usually that time does not account towards it. I, I will add a point on that about it being easier to get um, because it's new. Uh, it's not even a year old yet. Uh, and the, from what I've heard from people, the municipal offices, they don't like change and they don't like dealing with new things and figuring out these things. So they're not, it may not, it's going to change quickly, but right now right. may not be the easiest thing to go through. But what I do recommend, if it doesn't matter how you're planning to go through, you don't need to really work with an attorney unless you actually have some really serious things going on that really complicate stuff. Most people, if you find an accountant that is local to the area that you are trying to get the residency in. So um, as an example, we have a, our accountant, since this is my business is located or since a company is located in Bar. I had counted in bar, but when I was getting the residency, since we were registering in TVOT, we use an accountant in TVOT for that. And because they are going to have relationships with the people in the move offices. And so a good example about why this will play out is um, my wife, uh, after we got married, she, uh, this was back in the United States, we, she actually got put into deportation um, because, and we were told the reason why she's put in deportation is because she's from a country that ends in Stan and there was some, just some, some confusion. So was the, the solution was, we'll just put her in deportation and the courts will figure it out. Um, $12,000. And five years later, we did get it where they just said, yeah, we have nothing against her. She can go free. Um, so that oh was a fun gosh. experience. Um, but now she has this on her FBI background check. It says that she was arrested for um, and, and put in deportation, but there was no conviction, nothing on that. And so when we went to go and apply for for the, um, our residency, they're like, hey, what is this whole thing? And since the person we were working with works with those people every day, she knows them, she's in there all the time. She's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Here's the whole thing that happened. It's a little confusion. Look, there's no conviction here. Don't worry about it. Like, okay, good enough for me. And they just moved on. Um, yeah. So I, I that that would be my thing. Don't worry about working with an attorney get an accountant and just make sure they're local to the office that you want to apply. And it's very localized and just understand that point. And it's, it's good. And it, it kind of comes back to, they're about community, right? Every, mm -hmm. yes. every town and place. And it's, it's about community. And so it's, it kind of is who, you know, and getting to know people and, mm -hmm. and they're all small towns. So for people who don't know, population of the country of Montenegro is in the ballpark of around 650,000 people. And so it's yeah. small. It's it's small. small. So all these different towns or sometimes you'll hear people call them cities like they're not compared to the standards of North America. They're small towns. And so yeah. people know each other and it's community. So when you work with people, as you said, in the local community, wherever you're going to be, for one, for the rules are are different, but it's also, it's like, oh, you know this person, oh, you've talked to them, you're, oh, client, oh, okay, no problem. And it just makes things easier and smoother. And and on that point, it's, you, you don't want to be, to, to get on people's bad side, not that I have the experience of this, but like, since you're always running into people, recognizing people, like, you, you want to, you want to, 
you want to be cordial with people, you know what I mean? And this is, it should be mm. fairly normal, but um, uh, one of the, going to the aspect of the community side of things, one of the things that I found so fascinating is how the driving experience here is very organic and very communal. And so a lot of times the roads are so narrow that only one car can get through. And you just have this bit of like understanding negotiation about who's going to go first, who has to wait, who pulls it aside. And it's, again, if you're going from the United States where you, you hop in a car and you're driving in your lane and if someone pulls you off, you're like, oh, how dare you follow the rules. And here it's like, yeah, you know what? The people are just, they're, they're driving. They're trying to get to places. Oh, that person's speeding like a maniac. You know what? Hey, he probably has a pregnant wife in the backseat or something. I'm not like, that's his, his deal. Maybe there might be a cop there. They'll deal with it. Doesn't bother me. Like, and it, it is just such a, I actually, in, when I, we were here for a year before we got a car and I didn't drive that whole entire time. And I'm looking at all the driving like, man, this looks really intimidating. I'm not sure about it. Now that I'm actually driving places, I actually enjoy driving here more so than I do in the U.S. And it was also kind of odd. We went and drove up to the, the capital, Pudgorita, and the, it, they had a speed limit of 100 kilometers an hour. And then it's like, wow, we're going so, it's like the faster we've gone since we've heard, it's 100 kilometers an hour. Oh, wait, that's like 80 miles an hour. We'd be going like, sorry, so that's 60 miles an hour. We'd be going 80 miles an hour every single day on the high uh, interstates in the US. This is that's like, this is actually would be considered slow by American standards. But again, it just goes back to that lower pace of life that, you know, the, yeah. you don't have these, you know, easy interstates where you just go from point A to point B and have, you know, uh, my, my, between the town we used to live in in the US and my parents, it was an hour drive between the two and there were four turns. Um, I know all four of those turns very well because I would drive back and forth all so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, but here, if you're driving up the coast, you're just constantly turning because it's all these mountain roads and you're just looking at these views and it's like, just take your time, enjoy it. And, and yeah, it's it just, it's, it's such a, a more peaceful, relaxing way of living. And again, if you, and, and on top of that, if you have it, like I have a job that's based in the U S so I have a U.S. income, it's like the, the best of both worlds here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that's a, a great kind of, of note to end with. So what would you give maybe the listeners just a piece of advice for people who are considering relocating, whether it's Montenegro or some other country that they feel is is best for them? So one of the things I hear a lot of people talk about is, I'll hear this from, from people in the United States. They don't say that, oh, there's no country that is better than the United States. United States is the best. You just go around, look around, you know, like, and I mean, do, do, if you if you think there's problems with the United States, go take a look at Egypt, go take a look at um, at Pakistan or China and and tell me that that you, know, you don't love to be an American. And I, I think one of the misconceptions here is that they're looking for a place that is better in every single aspect than the United States. And I view my experience, and this is for myself, other people are going to have different experiences, of course, and that's fine. That's perfectly okay. But for me, Montenegro is better for me in my situation in six ways out of 10. That means that the United States is still better four ways out of 10. And it's, it's still there, there are still big things I miss about the United States. But if you're looking for perfection, then you're just going to stay in the spot you're at. 
and you're not going to be moving. You're not going to be growing. But if you're willing to say, look, this is at least slightly better and it's focusing on the things that are more important to me and I'm willing to let go, like a, a big one is uh, the convenience. You know, if we want to, like in the US, you want two-day shipping, you can get anything off of Amazon at your door the next day or two days after that. If we want to order something like that, we have to get it from um, AliExpress and it takes a month or two to get here. Um, and it's just like, is it is America better in that regard? Sure, it's definitely more convenient and easier and you can return to things. You can't redo that with AliExpress. But you know what? I'm willing to give that up. I can let go of these things. So figure out what is actually important to you and then try and and, and narrow down the places uh, based off that. One of the big things that was important for me is I wanted relatively low humidity, but still uh, nice weather, sunny beaches. And that really limits things. It takes away a lot of Asia. It takes away um, based on, just based on how to, how geography works. You basically have to be on the, the west coast of a country, of a continent. Um, and so it does limit things. We're looking at some places in South America, um, but ultimately we settled here. So just really figure out what are the things that are important and narrow it down from there and go take a visit, see if it suits you and, you know, take a chance. You never know how well things can turn out. That's right. And I, I think that's great advice. And, you know, it's true. It's, it's weighing kind of those pros and cons and there is no perfect place. I've yep. been to many countries. I've lived in many. There's, pros and cons and I don't mean cons like in a negative or bad way or just you know this country certain things another country and it's just finding that balance of what is right for each individual person because what works for me may not work for somebody else the things that I like to do um somebody else may not like it and so it's it's finding our own individual place that has more pros than cons yep absolutely well, thank you very much for your time today, RJ. I know our listeners got a lot of valuable information and I just want to say thank you very much. Yeah, it's my pleasure.